Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Give me the flats of dawn with plenty of tailing fish and the perfect fly rod yeah. and get ready for some magic. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Good Monday evening, everybody. I am the host of the Monday Night Kickoff Show, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck. Joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Peppy Vidal. What's up? Good evening, Chilling, everybody. Brother. We have a uh, good Monday a very, night. Yeah, we have got a very exciting show to get to tonight. We've got a uh, a couple of tournament winners from this past weekend. We got one, Mr. Chris. Flores, who uh, took home the title over in uh, Titusville at the IFA event um, in pretty dominating fashion, I might add. And uh, we also have Brian Neely of, um, whoa, brain fart, pushing water kayak charters, uh, who, who destroyed it over there in the uh, Bahamas, the first ever Bahamas extreme kayak fishing tournament. So uh, we'll get to those guys here in just a second. For those of you that are listening to the show, possibly for the first time, or you're uh, in the chat room there for the first time, if you'd like to call the show, ask questions, or have comments, concerns, what have you, feel free to do so at any time. The number, as always, is 417-816-4727. Whoa, let me try that again. 714. Wow, dyslexia today. 714-816-4727. 714-816-4727. And uh, we'll do our best to get to your calls. Um, I don't want to keep these guys on hold too long. I know that uh, there's a lot to go over. We're going to talk to Chris Flores first. And uh, we're probably not going to hit any commercial breaks tonight. Although I'd like to uh, let everybody know that me and Pepe are both uh, proud to have our first kind of official sponsor of the uh, Monday Night Kickoff Show. PowerPole is joining us here on... uh, Kayak Fishing Radio's Monday Night Show is an official sponsor of the show. Um, can't thank those guys enough for what they do, and uh, we'll get to that a little bit later if we have time. But 
without further ado, as we've already got, looks like Mr. Rob DeVore calling as well. Um, without any further ado, one of my best friends and uh, one heck of a kayak angler who, as we said earlier, put it down here in Titusville at the IFA tournament. His second only tournament he's ever fished. And uh, <laughs> after only fishing the kayak for about two years, Mr. Yeah. Chris Flores laid it down hey, with a 26-and-a-half-inch trout and a 36-and-a-half-inch redfish to take home the top honors. So congratulations, Chris. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Chuck. Yeah, man. No, thanks for having me. Awesome job, Chris. Uh, awesome job. Uh, you too, man. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, dude, all right, roller coaster ride of, of emotions, I'm sure, for the day. Uh, I know you got oh, yeah. a chance to fish with Randy English. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, and, uh, Randy and I got to fish together. And, and as we saw, there was, uh, uh, Randy has posted up a video of him losing a big fish. And <laughs> were, you, were you near him when that happened? No, I, um, at the time, I, from a distance, about 100 yards ahead or so, I thought I saw Randy, um, and then I, I saw a school and chased that school for a little bit, um, and then I started running out of time, and that's when I just kind of, I was really sad, because at the time, I didn't, I didn't have a red, um, a redfish, so I started to head in, and Randy had already taken off, um, that, that's, that's when I, I guess the, the school came back, and they surfaced up there all around me. And that's where I picked up the redfish. Um, but uh, you know, as, when I got in, I was talking to uh, talking to Randy, and it was kind of funny because as soon as I saw him, he's telling me the story of how you know the big one got away and he lost it. And uh, I said, I got to tell you, man, I think I, I may have caught your fish because when I was letting it go, I noticed it had some leader line in its mouth there. So, uh, and then I saw the video, and um, so yeah, it, it was kind of funny to uh, throw some jabs at him, but. Um, he, he, he's a good sport about it. It was great. So we'll never know if it was his or not. But what did, what did that fish eat? What did that big red fish eat? What's that? What did the big red fish eat? I threw at it um, Rick, uh, Rick Banks lure, um, lure by Rick Banks, and it was a soft paddle tail, and um, it was the first cast. As soon as I saw them, I cast it straight ahead of them and um, just kind of bounced it off the bottom a little bit. And um, yeah, took it. Sweet, sweet. What was the uh, what was your big trout? What did he eat? The big trout was in the morning. Um, at first, I was doing uh, I was throwing uh, a top water uh, by Rick Banks, and then I switched over to Kristen. Uh, um, he makes a really nice uh, slayer, the SST, um, and I threw that out and uh, first cast. Boom, uh, same thing. He hit really hard, kind of. Uh, Chug my rat a little bit, um, not really, but I'd like to, to think that. <laughs> uh, but that uh, yeah, was it was fun to catch, and uh, you know, SST has never failed me. Um, I have a lot of the Slayer uh, Slayer paddle tails, and um, it's always done me well. So I was uh, I was happy that you know I picked up the trout with it. Very cool, very cool. Well, I know when you showed up, you were kind of like, oh yeah, well this is what I got, uh, you know. I hope it, I hope I'm at least in the money. And when you told me you had a 36 and a half inch redfish and a 26 and a half inch trout, I was pretty much like, "Damn!" <laughs> I told Peppy, 
But Pepe, you said the same thing. I said, I told Pepe, I was like, this is what he got. Pepe was even like, he's probably got this thing in the bag. Because that's, dude, dude, on a, dude, and, on a and, tournament and, day, and I started, that's a, go ahead. Yeah. No, and I started bothering, and I started bothering Chris about it. Because I go, dude, and you did it without trolling. <laughs> you know, that was really hard. I got to tell you, you know how hard that was? I mean, anybody who knows me, I mean, if they see me fishing, I'm probably trolling a sleigh or something. Um, and then when, and then just like a week before the tournament, Chuck tells me, hey, you know you can't troll on this tournament. I'm like, what? What do you mean you can't troll? What do I do? <laughs> what do I do? So it was, it was frustrating. I just it was like back to basics, and I, I was just channeling uh, Chuck the entire time. And uh, credit give him more credits too. I mean, listen, Chuck Chuck's really um, helped me out since the beginning and really taught me everything I know in the water. And I remember I was telling him in the early days when I first got out in the kayak. I mean, the look in his eyes was he, as he shook his head. He's like, "Man, you're a mess. You, you need a lot of work." And uh, so, you know, he's, uh, he's really kind of brought me along and taken me under his wing, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Um, he's taught me a lot of cool tricks and what to look out for and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I, I really believe, you know, Chuck, do you, um, do you help me land them fish, man? So uh, I, I was happy about it. Ah, whatever. It's, uh, it's, it's cool, cool, man. You know, it's, 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 it's one thing to see a guy come in, in a town who's a seasoned tournament pro and lay it down and – you know, do a good job, but it's a totally different thing for a guy who's only fished one other tournament, which was the Troutzilla tournament and Cars Park, mm-hmm. yeah. to under pressure be able to not only find a fish, but hook a fish and then land the fish. And then remember to put the uh, the token on the fish when you take your picture. So kudos to that to you for that, man. That's awesome. It's a great win. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah, I'm sure you're still on cloud nine mm-hmm. about it. It's pretty cool, man. And, and yeah, uh, I, and I real keep quick, to wake up. <laughs> yeah. No, and, re- and real quick, Chris, um, if uh, that story that you told us, I don't know if you want to say it, you know, if you want to talk about that a little bit, about that story that you guys with the bird, what you guys saw oh. going on with that bird, that is the strangest yeah. thing. I have never seen that. I've never even heard that before. That's why that some some people might want to hear that, you know, about that little incident yeah, you guys saw. Yeah, I... Uh, I think, you know, probably Randy English would, would probably say it best because um, he actually saw a bird being picked up by, by some tail and reds. And um, I saw something in the distance just right before I saw Randy. It looked, it might have been a dead bird because it looked like a white piece of trash. I couldn't really make out what it was, but I just saw a bunch of fish going at it, huge tails all around it. Um, and so as I try to, I try to be stealthy and get as close as I can, um, to get a cast in, but as soon as I got close enough, uh, whatever it was, the white piece of trash just kind of went under, and then it was gone, and then it was behind me about another 30, 40 yards, uh, so then I turned around and chased it, uh, along with the tails and everything else. So, um, you know, prior to that, Randy said he saw a bird being picked up um, by all those tail and red, so kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe they took it down. <laughs> it was just blurry yeah, that's kind of weird way. Yeah, that's kind of weird. What you and Randy were saying and stuff, when you guys were talking about that, Randy was talking about it, that the bird was sitting in the water, and all of a sudden the red started hammering him, and he started squawking and all kinds of stuff and everything. That's, yeah, that's man. man, that's – I mean, that's – man, that, I've never seen that before. You know, these reds attacking attacking birds, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, I didn't see the bird, but what I saw may have been a dead bird. I don't know. It's um, 
it, it was weird looking. So pretty strange. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> well, well again, man, again, man, you fished against 60. I think it was 68 was the total number, I believe. Uh, kayak anglers from around the uh, southeast. You took home the uh, the hardware, and uh, again, congratulations to you, man. That's that's awesome, brother. Enjoy it. No, thanks, man. I I, I job, appreciate Chris. it. It was. Yep. Thank you, thank you, and and congratulations to you, and and again to all the winners. You know, there was a lot of people who uh, who came on out, and uh, you know, uh, Ty Nelson got second, Aaron Rodgers uh, third, um, and even Wade was in there somewhere. Let me see, Wade, thirteen players. Hey, Wade. You know, <laughs> shout out to my boy. Um, but it was really fun just to be around a lot of really cool people um, who enjoy it, being out in the water, and to be, uh, you know, with some of my best friends, uh, Peppy, Alan, you, Wade, um, everybody. It, 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 you know, we had a blast, um, Steve. And I also want to give a big, big thank you to Lynn and Tom with Kayaks by Bo, um, KBB Outfitters. They've been very supportive from the very beginning and, um, you know, with, um, you know, helping me out with, fishing and, and trying to get out in the water and things of that nature. And of course, uh, all of all your fishing and tackle needs at KBB Outfitter. So, um, you know, God bless those guys. They're, uh, Tom and uh, Tom Lynn are the best. Okay. So you get an extra discount after the show, call me and <laughs> I'll make sure to give you that $20. I told you. To give you <laughs> <laughs> no. no, thanks brother. Hey, uh, listen, hang on, Chris, hang on the line with us. Don't, don't hang up. If you can yeah, stay with us. Um, I want to get over to the guys who got just got back from the Bahamas because there are some Absolutely. stories to be told coming I, I back heard, to the Bahamas. I, I heard Robin was you, busy on the water. Dude, everybody was busy on the water. Let me tell you something. All right, for those of you that are listening who have not heard, uh, first of all, congratulations again to uh, Brian Nelly for taking home the top prize, our boy um, Uno Moss there in the chat room and here on the line. Uh, Andrew Mixon, he took home third. Um, there was a Donnie. Donnie Miley came yeah, in second. My bad, Donnie. Yeah, in fact, I tried to get Donnie to come on the show tonight, but I, I must have messaged him late. But uh, Donnie took home second, right? Yep, correct. Yeah, yep. it was a Hobie sweep. So that was that's awesome. But uh, there was a estimated 500 pound blue marlin caught from a kayak. Wow. Oh that was fought for 11-plus hours on a spinning rod. Did you think think about that? Yes. No, caught. It was leadered. Think about that for a second. 500-pound marlin from a kayak with a spinning rod for 11 hours on basically kingfish gear. (laughs) Yeah. So not to, not to not to overshadow the great accomplishments that the other guys have done, but mm. I'm here to tell you I've been I've been in and around this sport for a, for a very long time. I, I've heard all the stories of awesome catches. I've seen all the magazines write up all of these things about oh yeah this halibut was awesome or you know the sailfish was cool or you know this that a 500 pound marlin on a spinning rod. <laughs> For eleven hours, wow! Come on, unbelievable. That, that that has got to be, at least of my knowledge, the the single greatest kayak 
catch of all time, at least in modern day history. I mean, I don't consider the in, the Inuits up in like Alaska or up in uh, up in the uh, North Pole or whatever spearing whales out of kayaks like the same thing. It's kind of different, but uh, yeah, nuts. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Mr. Rob DeVore, Mr. Brian Nelly, and of course Andrew Mixon to the show. Thank you. Hey, hey guys, what's happening? What's happening? Woo. Hey Rob. <laughs> hey. So uh, so let's go to uh, let's go to Brian first. We'll talk with Brian here and uh, tell us kind of about your 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 experience, man, from start to finish. About you guys getting ready to go over there and the whole trip. I mean, I, I want to get Joe on here. Probably, hopefully next week we'll talk with Joe and uh, kind of let him throw it down and, and tell us like how the whole event went in his eyes. But uh, kind of give us your, your take on the entire event. The event was amazing. Um, I was very impressed how everything was put together and how well it was run. Um, I mean, leading up to the event, you know, it's do I have what I need? Am I undergunned? Do I need to go get something else? It was a constant recheck of what you're bringing to make sure that you had everything because if something went wrong, you're not going to have to get anything anywhere to go to go get it out there. So, um, um, I mean, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm in recovery mode still. <laughs> if the, the fishing didn't hurt you, the nightlife did. So it was an amazing time. It was a great time with friends and new people. So That's awesome, dude. You know, we can kind of hear it in your voice, though, but you sound like you're about ready to fall asleep. Yeah. I don't blame you if you are, man. You're yeah. probably very sleep deprived. Yeah. So, so give us kind of a little insight for those of us that are that are extremely jealous that we didn't jump all over this thing and make it happen. Uh, hopefully, Joe's plan on doing this again next year because uh, if he if he puts out a release a press release that says that you know it's going to happen, this is when it's going to happen. If he does that tomorrow, I'm signing up tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, no uh, kidding, man. Really. Yeah. T- tell us about tell us about the fishing itself. I mean, wh- how how was it different from what you're used to doing? Uh, and and most people would know that you pretty much throw it down here in, in South Florida. Um, what was that? What, a couple trips ago, would you have a, a sailfish like 21 black fins and dolphin or something crazy like that? Yeah, I mean, our our fishing on our coast right now is really good, um, and I had. Donnie, as well as Josh Slager, at my house before we left for the trip, and we did really well on uh, dolphin. So, um, you know, the bite's been going off here. And going over there, honestly, after the first day, it's really not much different. My game plan wasn't much different than what I do here. Um, I wasn't going to look to go out deep and just kind of searching for something. My general idea of, you know, going to catch fish is I want something to fish on. I want some right. kind of structure. I want something to look at to be able to, you know, focus on that. I don't want to just go and troll and hopefully go find a yellowfin or a big dolphin. So my game plan was, you know, stay a little shallower, closer to the ledge. And, like, uh, I had, you know, as it was reported before, and I said to you guys before we started the show, the ledge was really only about, you know, three-quarters of a mile out. So it wasn't too far of a trip. It just uh, uh, the first day, well, actually the first day the current wasn't that bad, so we kind of stayed in the same area. And then the second day the current picked up, and a lot of guys got drifted out pretty far, including the guy with the marlin and as well as Joe Kratz with the white marlin and the big dolphin. 
they had a, a nice trip back, especially Joe Kratz, because he had to he had to paddle back if he wanted his fish to be counted. So he was a he was a ways out there. I think he was at least eight miles out. So wow, how far out was he? I think he had to come back about eight miles after his. Oh my oh, god! Wow! <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Insane. <laughs> Well, that kind of puts things in perspective, I think, for for a lot of folks. Uh, that's that's kind of the the difference, I think, between fishing the islands over there and, and fishing our coast. Here is at the drop of a hat, you could hook a fish that could literally drag you miles offshore, <laughs> and there's not a whole lot you could do about it. So, uh, what what was your uh, what was your bait of choice, Brian? Did you uh, did you sabiki up some bait or? Uh, did you do vertical jigs? I mean, what, what was your kind of what was your kind of tactic that led to your success? Um, well, the main thing was the the goggle eyes. We we did have a live bait guide come over and make the trip, so we did have some live bait, um, which he did run out <laughs> on the first day. So he actually went out the next that night and caught more. But um, you know, a lot of people didn't get bait, you know, or they didn't get all the bait that they were supposed to get. So um, but you know, some people are frustrated, but it was also kind of a luxury to have that, you know, you could right. go out and go catch some bait, which, you know, from what it seemed like, it wouldn't be that difficult to do, uh, especially during this time of year, there's a lot of bait fish around there. But, um, I mean, the big king I got was on, you know, live goggle eye on a flat line. I also got another king on day two that was just on a dead sardine, which I had brought over a bunch of frozen bait just in preparation for not having anything on the island. Right. Um, and then I also jigged. I mean, I lost some big fish in the jig. Like, you know, I had one hit where I've never seen line come off a reel that fast. And, you right. know, I lost it and broke on my braid somehow. I don't know if he tail whipped it or what. But, I mean, it's amazing what, you know, what kind of fish you can catch there. But I jigged. Um, I caught a grouper on the bottom bouncing a bucktail, um, which actually, Mixon, they let me know that actually might be a world record. So we're going to try to submit that and nice. see if that happens or not. Nice, congratulations, man! Yeah, man, I appreciate it. That's sweet. So, real quick, we got it. We got a question for you, Brian, in the chat room. Uh, Mike yeah. from New Smyrna Beach would like to know uh, what kind of gear did you use? As far as uh, did you run a downrigger? Um, did you have to use uh, any any extra lead? Was the current really really bad where you were at? Um, just kind of a general overall. You know, what, what kind of gear were you were you running down there? Well. The current first day was, I'd say, only like half mile, half mile an hour. And then it was going, I think, uh, is east over there. And then the second day was probably a mile and a half to maybe two going the opposite direction, which was west. Um, I beefed up my gear just a little bit from what I normally use over here. I went, you know, normally I'm using 30-pound braid. I went to 40-pound. And, you know, leader was pretty much the same, 40-pound I had on some and 60-pound on my bottom rods. My uh, my reels I beefed up just to have a little more line capacity. Once a 10,000 series Shimano Spheros, and then uh, um, I also was using 50 to 100 pound uh, the Shimano Travella jigging rods, which I normally use also for trolling. But over here I'll use a little lighter, which is be 30 to 65 pound. So I mean I beefed up a little bit, but I didn't go crazy, and you know. And I didn't think I would need something that was, you know, unless I was, you wanted to go for those big old yellowfin yeah. tuna. But I just wanted to make sure I had line capacity to handle anything that would uh, try to go ahead and spool me. So 
Nice. Nice. So there you go. There's the, oh, and I did, I did, I did run a Don Rigger. I had, you know, flat line, but it's your, the kudos were ridiculous. We had to weed through a lot of them. So, but I did have a Don Rigger. I used flat line. It's pretty much standard stuff. So everything that we use over here. Very cool. Well, there you go, Mike. There's your answer, buddy. Um, awesome. So obviously you're, you're going to be the defending champion of this tournament set if it should happen again next year. Uh, anything you think that you would do differently, any kind of gear or whatever that you think you might would, would uh, check out differently as opposed, you know, for next year as opposed to this year, things you may have learned or. It was a huge learning experience because, you know, this time I was just showing up and hopefully had the right stuff for what you needed. Um, I might bring actually, you know, a lighter setup um, just for jigging. Because you know, using a ten thousand or fourteen thousand reel, jigging all day is a kind of a workout. <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, it's something. I mean, I would probably bring as much. You know, you just don't want to be underprepared. So I mean, you, I'd bring probably the same stuff. Maybe some other things. The main thing would be to bring food and water and drinks. Because I mean, the the price for stuff over there is ridiculous. So if you want to save some money, that's a tip for you: to bring all your own stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, see. I've never been to the Bahamas personally. I've never fished over there. Um, I know a lot of guys that go out over there from our coast up here at, in Port Canaveral. And, uh, that's, that's like the first thing I think on their list of things to do before they leave is to make sure they have plenty of water, plenty of ice. Yeah. Cause ice from what I understand is extremely expensive over there and, uh, <laughs> and plenty of beer. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Whenever, when, whenever we do the trip, uh, to Bimini um, Chuck, we always load up on water and beer. Do not buy beer over there. I mean, yeah, you want to buy the Kalik and all that stuff, but if you try to buy domestic American beer over there, it's much more expensive. I mean, much more expensive. It's ridiculous what they charge for it over there. (laughs) Yeah, so there you go. Just a little tip there. But, uh, man, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you had a great time, and congratulations on uh, winning that first, uh, the first event over there. And you get, you get a, like a Super Bowl-type ring. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see it. I haven't got it yet, but I'm going to get it sized, and we'll see it soon. Sweet. Wear that thing with pride, man. That's awesome. And uh, looking forward to uh, seeing some more pictures and some more videos coming out from uh, – from the event over there. So, uh, that's cool. Now, now switching gears a little bit, let's talk to our boy, uh, Andrew Mixon. Hey, Hey guys. What's up, Congratulations, Drew? sir. Finishing third. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Everything that, that Brian hit on, you know, is, is really true. I know most of that were going over there to seriously fish, uh, the competition, um, you know, we ran through probably, you know, hundreds of hours of YouTube video and reading every article that we could possibly get study in the area to try to get as much info because think about this. It's never been done before. Loading, uh, what do we have, 33 kayaks, uh, Peter Hink's um, paddleboard, loading those into the boat and hauling them to a foreign country to be able to fish for two days, haul them back, just the logistics of doing that. This is something that's absolutely never been done before. Um, trying to be prepared, you know, like Brian said, have everything that you could possibly think of 
and then some. Um, you know, typically if you go out of town for a couple of days, you might carry just a little small bag with you. Everybody had at least two full suitcases full of gear. There were a lot of guys like myself and Mike that we carried a cooler, you know, had to check it and pay you know, a little extra money to carry it, you know, full of frozen bait, just everything you could possibly think of, um, you know, in hopes that you're not going to run out of something or m- be missing that one bait or that one lure or that, you know, that one thing that you need. Because when you get there, you could find it on the island. Of course, there's shops around, on the, but, but you just don't have time. You know, it's, it, you know how it is in the middle of the tournament. You can't find those things. So, you know, all of us, are, you know, they were really trying to be serious about it, spent, you know, months preparing. And now, you know, we, we've, we've done it the first time, and it's going to be a whole lot easier for the next event. You know, everybody I know is going to be willing to share their experiences and information on, you know, on to how to refine, you know, the things that were done. Um, now, Joe Hector and the whole Extreme uh, crew, they absolutely did a fantastic job. Every single thing that they could control, they had good control of it. But when you're dealing with customs in a foreign country, customs coming back into the United States, the Bahamas with a laid-back lifestyle, you know, uh, live bait, um, you know, just everything. There's so many logistical things that you can't control. Everybody I talked to, not a single person said less than, nine out of ten. Everybody said, you know, at least nine out of ten. The accommodations were, you know, first rate. This wasn't necessarily a hoity-toity, uppity sort of a resort. You know, it was sort of a, you know, um, a Holiday Inn kind of a resort. So, you you know, you felt comfortable walking around in your bare shoes. You didn't have have to have a tie on at dinner. You know, it wasn't a super fancy resort. You know, the staff, the Bahamians, you know, they took absolute care you know, they, they they have to have the tourism. That's where their main uh, um, form of income is. So they do a great job taking care of the tourists. So we were taken care of really, really well with, um, you know, with all the staff and everything. Having the, the, the resort there, the beach, you know, have security watch acts, restaurant, bar, everything was right there. And you guys were mentioning the beer. That was one of the things that, um, that the Extreme Crew was able to set up. We actually had uh, a beer sponsor, um, Sands Beer, so any one of the official functions, like the captain's meeting and the awards ceremony, that sort of stuff, you know, it was free sans beer, you know, during during the whole time. So, you know, oh, there, was, wow. there was some benefits. Um, sodas, you know, and, and things, yeah, Gatorade, that kind of stuff is expensive. Not, you know, not extraordinarily expensive, but, I mean, it's, you know, like paying a hotel price for anything. So it, it ain't cheap. You're going to pay $2 for a can of Coke. You know, bring that kind of stuff in a cooler. You, you pay 25 bucks to bring the to bring a cooler over packet full of, you know, of sodas, and it, and it does, it reduced the cost, you know, o- over the trip. So there's a lot of things, a lot of lessons that we learned that'll be easier for, you know, for the next time. Um, the live bait, you know, that having an individual, um, Joe from Hillsboro Inlet Bait, uh, he came over with bait, you know, took, to, brought his boat over, uh, his personal boat, to, and brought bait with him. He caught bait the entire time we were there, but when you're dealing with you know, 30-plus anglers who've never been there before. We don't know how much bait we're going to need. The the bite was just crazy. You know, a lot of guys who are inexperienced who haven't done that type of fishing before don't realize how many barracudas live in the uh, in the Bahamas. So you know, a lot of these guys were going through, you know, six, eight, ten live baits in the first couple of hours because there's just so many, you know, so many barracudas. So the bait guy is just running from east end to west end to south and back and forth trying to supply everybody with bait. It was just... Uh, you know, it was incredible, you know, the work that, that, that went into all of this. Um, and nobody got hurt. Nobody went to jail. 
you know, everything seemed to, to flow fairly smoothly. I mean, it, it really was. You know, uh, Joe Hector and the Extreme crew, I know they've, they've got a few tweaks and lessons that they learned. The anglers that were there, we learned a few things as well. The next time is going to be just absolutely incredible. I mean, it's going to be incredible. And listen, you guys are selling Brian Nelly a little bit short. Not only did he win first place overall, he got caught the biggest pelagic, and he also caught the uh, won the um, trash can slam. He had the two largest barracudas um, over the course of two days. So there were many ways to uh, to win. Um, the um, the grouper that he caught um, is a tiger grouper, um, and they're still they're, we're still kind of checking things out. But there's a strong possibility that that grouper may be a um, an IGFA all tackle world record for that grouper. Um, if it's not the all tackle record, then we're pretty sure it's going to make a line class record at the very least. So that's you know that that's an incredible thing. Um, I was fortunate enough, uh, Brian and I, uh, and actually Donnie Miley, all three of us fished pretty close to each other um, on both days. So I was really fortunate when Brian caught that fish. I was able to be right there. I got some great photos of it. You know when it's nice and fresh and you know it got got good color and stuff. So um, you know that that was really that was really fantastic. Um, you know just 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 incredible. Um, in thinking about the gear and that kind of stuff that, um, you know, that Brian was talking about, I carried some, some big conventional tackle, carried some big spinning tackle. There's more than one story of guys who are using, you know, 50, 60 pound braid and having their reels completely dumped in a matter of seconds. And they're staring at a bare spool, you know, fish is gone. So, you know, it's really tough. You know, when you talk about a 500 pound Marlin being in the same water, you know, as you're, as you're, you know, just up two miles off the beach for the most part, just, there's no telling yep. what's going to come up and eat that bait. So it's just, uh, you know, you know, it's incredible. You might be catching a 24 inch barracuda, you know, and then 20 feet away from you, you know, a guy, a guy hooks up on a, on a 30 pound kingfish, or you know, he gets gets spooled by a wahoo or something that's just going so far so fast you can't even slow it down. So just just an incredible experience all around. Absolutely, and what's what I I I will apologize. I didn't I didn't realize that. Uh, that Brian was sitting on a potential world re- world record there. Um, I, I hadn't seen that yet on on social media side of things, but uh, congratulations! Well, I haven't, to you haven't on, really on that advertised it yet. I was just doing a little bit of checking. We were trying to verify the species of the grouper because there's so many different species, and I and I thought, you know, when we identified it as a tiger grouper, I said that's a big tiger. Let me let me go and check. So, you know, he and I have done some poking around, and, and we've still got to do a little bit of research. The scales that they have, of course, are certified, and they had a Waymaster, you know, way, and so all of that should be good. It's just, um, you know, trying to get everything else verified. So there's there's a there's a there's a potential for it being a world record, which is that's that's pretty incredible to do that during a tournament, and in, it, extremely incredible doing it out of a kayak. Absolutely, especially with as as heavily oh. fish as the Bahamas are, to uh, to pull it off from a kayak. It's pretty awesome, man. Um, Appreciate so, that. I really, yeah, absolutely. I really, really, really hope. <laughs> Joe and the guys, I'll uh, put this thing on again next year, man. I, I really, really do. Because I know there's a, a very large contingency of us uh, Space Coast guys that will go over there and, and not contend for anything, but just go over there just to have the uh, experience of fishing uh, different waters and, and hanging around you guys. And uh, It just sounds like such a great time. Well, you know, that, that really, there's a, there was a lot of that happening as well, you know. I mean, you had a handful of guys who were going over there with, expectations of, you know, of, of, of taking the ring, you know, of, of really fishing hard and looking for those big, those big fish. And, you know, and then you had guys that just want to go over to experience. And we actually had a couple of anglers that went over um, and they didn't even paddle out early the, the first day, you know, they slept in and did a little fishing, came back in, took a shower, 
went to lunch and went to town and did the tourist thing. So everybody, you know, had, um, had a little different experience. Everybody had, you know, their expectations. And I don't think a single person that went to uh, disappointment would not be in anyone's vocabulary with, with the way the, uh, um, with the way the trip worked out. I mean, everybody absolutely, um, you know, got, got the trip of a lifetime out of it, whether you fished hard and killed yourself on both days or whether you partied hard every night and, and slept in, you know, everybody, um, you know, had, had an absolutely premier time. That's awesome, man. Pepe, you got anything for him? No, man, these guys, man, they, they killed it, man. Just he, just hearing these stories and everything like that. I'm in from right now. I'll tell you that right now. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, really. I'm in. I'm in. I'll tell you right now. I'll I'll put that one down in the calendar from now. Once once they say okay, it's a go for next year. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any reason that they would that Joe wouldn't do it. Uh, you know, I I think that the the Ministry of Tourism in the Bahamas they were so happy to have everybody over there treated so well. You know, I, I I think the people at the resort were pleased. You know, with having so many people in. And that was a cool thing, too, being able to bring companions, you know. So a lot of wives and girlfriends and friends, you know, came over and stuff. So, I, you know, I, I know that uh, that Joe and his wife, Maria, worked so hard to put this together. But, um, you know, I, I can't see them not, you know, not doing it. And next year, you know, if they put a cap on it, you know, at 50 or however many, man, sign up early. Because the whole world has been watching this. And with all the stories and the video and the, the talk of the two Marlin, you know, being be, being caught, it, you know, it's going to it's going to be one of those things that sells out, um, you know, in no time. And, I, you know, I'll be I'll be number one on the list. As soon as he announces it, he, he's going to have my credit card number. <laughs> hey, and, uh, and speak uh, it. Drew and uh, go ahead, Chuck. No, go ahead, baby. No, I was going to ask Drew about the whole trip. You know, that's one of those things. It's the first time it happened. Um, this trip look at how did the Bahamians um, themselves and the transport crews and all that stuff how how did they um react to this whole thing did they like this thing did that, what kind of fuel did you get do you think they will be they will be down for something like this again next year oh absolutely absolutely and, and anybody that's been to the bahamas um knows that the bahamians they depend on tourism you know i mean they don't have a lot of industry on the island so tourism is a big thing so they do what they can to, you know, to accommodate the tourists because that's where most of their, you know, most of their income comes. So anytime we needed anything, the, the people were, you know, were, were right on it um, from loading and unloading at the, at the, um, at the ferry boat to loading and unloading at the, um, uh, at the resort, the people in the resort, you know, uh, you know, there were times where guys couldn't get a taxi and they go downstairs to the um to the lobby and, and the, the 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 fellow working in the lobby he said look i'll take you where you need to go and he hopped in his personal car and took them you know into town to get whatever it was they needed so these people absolutely bent over backwards to um you know to take care of it and that was one of the questions a lot of people had was the transport of the kayaks when you think about you know somebody's kayak and it's their baby and everybody's you know concerned about it they actually loaded each kayak individually on a pallet you could load as much of your gear as you wanted on your on your kayak, you know, and you know rods, tackle, you know, every single one of them, you know, was just jam packed with you know with stuff. They loaded each one on a pallet. They loaded it on the boat with a forklift. When we got over to the island, they unloaded them with forklifts. They get through customs, that sort of a thing. They were packed in box trucks, um, like delivery trucks, for the ride from the port over to the um, to the resort. And a lot of us were nervous because they did have to stack, you know, some of them, you know, some of them up there. But these guys, you know, they had two trucks and there were three or four guys handling the, the you know, the packing and all that. I don't think, 
a, a scratch was put on any of you know any of the kayaks. Everything was taken care of. We were all nervous, you know, because we had so much gear and stuff in there. But you know, everything worked out really well. They unloaded them right there, basically on the beach. Um, you know, we had they had uh, running water, so you could rinse everything off right there. You know, after you pull it up off the beach and everything. Um, like I say, a secure, they had 24-hour security, had a security guard right there keeping an eye on everything. So, you know, they, they, the, the, the Bahamians, the resort, everybody really took care of us. And they all had, a, you know, just a, a great, wonderful, uh, you know, island um, uh, attitude about the whole thing. So, you know, I, it, it, was, it was fantastic. I, you know, it, it's not like, um, you know, going into Walmart and trying to deal with customer service. It's a totally different lifestyle over there. Things are going to work a little bit slower. Things aren't going to be Johnny on the spot, you know, like you expect. But it's it's not because they have a bad attitude. It's just because things go a little slower. That's just how it is. Things things work a little bit slower. But everything, you know, everything worked out, you know, really, really well. It, it uh, You know, the, the, the most worrisome part of the trip was indeed, you know, the kayaks and gear, and everything went basically flawlessly with, uh, you know, with all that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think That's the most awesome. difficult thing with the kayaks going back and forth was actually coming back into the U.S., um, with customs because you know that, that we were actually that was the slowest part of the of the whole thing was coming back through customs and having to check everything you know in the middle of the night when we came in you know they want they want first they want to look through every single boat and then are they going to have the dogs walking around and then you have to be with your kayak you know that all that sort of you know our own security was you know was probably the slowest part of the process but again it was it was you know it it took time but it you know it worked as flawlessly as it possibly could. That's awesome. Yeah, Peppy, you should know all about the Bahamas over there, brother. Huh? You got a, your folks have a, have still have a place over there, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they still have a place over there in Bimini. Yeah, and it's it's true. The whole thing, uh, it, it's 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 over there. It's like it's it's like Drew said. It's pretty much like that. You know, everything is is different over there. Everything is a little bit slower. All the the whole stuff and everything like that. But everybody usually is pretty good. You know about about you know, helping you out with things and everything like that whenever you need help and stuff. Um, they're pretty nice people. And um, But the whole thing, like Drew said, is true. Sometimes when you come back from over there, our customs here is the slowest. I mean, the slowest part of the trip is probably that. If you get hung up and they start checking your stuff and everything like that, you could be there for a long time, you know, when they're doing all this stuff. I mean, it, all, it, it just all depends who you get. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, and then the other person we need to talk to here tonight who uh, who did probably a lot more time looking through a camera lens than uh, sitting there fishing, Mr. Rob Abad, Bad Cast DeVore. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. So Rob got, Rob up, had a uh, first-hand, first-hand view of the uh, the extraordinary, epic uh, 11-hour battle. Yeah. Um, yeah, and let me tell you, everything those guys said, you know, uh, Drew and Brian, uh, that was right on the money. I mean, it was a fantastic trip. It was almost like a, like a boondoggle, but different, you know what I'm saying? It was, you know, a whole different, the whole camaraderie thing that was there, you know, it was really, really, really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got to see the whole, uh, I got the whole bird's eye, well, not the whole bird's eye view. Um, actually, on day two, I stayed, day one, I was in the bait boat and running around, and, which was really cool for me because anytime we'd come up on somebody and, you know, everybody's hollering on the radio, bait boat, bait boat, you know, and they'd run over it, uh, you know, as I said before, Joe's got this, like, 25-foot contender 
that is specially modified with uh, extra large bait tanks in it, um, carrying like I don't know a couple of hundred goggle eyes and a couple of hundred pilchards, you know, delivering live bait right to you right there in the kayak. Man, it was uh, pretty pretty cool, pretty cool setup. And uh, and uh, and Joe and his and his wife uh, Jessica were are really awesome folks, and they actually drove the boat from over there to the Bahamas, you know. So that was pretty cool. But um, anyway, I was in the bait boat, and, you know, they'd go up and, you know, it was like a, like a little minute-long interview with everybody, you know. Everybody's rolling up, and I'm getting the camera out, and, hey, how you doing? And, you know, we were picking up fish for people and throwing it in the cooler for them and uh, all that stuff. So it was kind of cool. Got some, you know, everybody was holding up their fish, and I was able to, you know, get a couple of shots here and there. Really cool setup, but uh, on day two, I wanted to shoot on the beach. So I'm down there, and literally, I got zero sleep, okay? We left Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, drove to Esteban's house in Fort Myers, drove over from there to Fort Lauderdale, you know, to the port, and just kind of hung out for a while in the port parking lot there. So uh, I got zero sleep the first 36 hours or so. I don't know. I know I went a couple of days without sleeping. And same thing last night. I still haven't been to bed. Um, last I got up was 7 o'clock yesterday morning. That was the last time I actually slept. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, day two, I wanted to get some, uh, you know, some stuff on the beach. You know, everybody loading up their gear and, you know, kind of that perspective of the whole thing and uh, getting ready to go, and, you know, I was sticking cameras in people's faces, you know, first thing in the morning, the sun's coming up, and I'm sure everybody just loved me, you know, because, uh, <laughs> you know, you always love that first thing in the morning when you're trying to get your gear ready, the guy's sticking a camera in your face. Hooray. So, um, <laughs> that's cool. Um, and the idea was, is I was supposed to uh, ride out with the bait boat and get on the other boat, which was like some... I don't know, like a 50-foot sport fisher or something. I mean, big, giant thing, you know. So uh, but bait boat went to look for bait, and uh, I was stuck on the beach. So the tournament's going on. I don't see anybody anywhere from the beach, though. So I just shot, you know, sat out there, hung out with uh, Alex from Brazil, and uh, shot some B-roll footage and all that stuff, and all of a sudden the radio is going crazy. It was pacing back and forth like a madman, and uh, somebody got a marlin, you know, and he's like, we got to get you out there. we got to get you out there. So, uh, and then, oh, somebody hooked up with a blue marlin. we got to get you out there. So he actually got one of the, uh, somebody got one of the snorkel boats to take me out to the, to one of the support boats. And uh, I was actually, you know, we kind of followed the, followed the, uh, a mat with his uh, marlin, and you know he had already been fighting. He hooked this thing at eight fifteen in the morning, and uh, by the time I got out there, I got out there about I don't know nine thirty, ten o'clock, and uh, you know I pulled the boat up next to him. Hey man, how you doing? You know, and oh yeah, doing good so far. Just kind of holding on, and you know apparently it's like you know as soon as the fish hit, you know it's like school evaporated, you know. And he's fighting this thing with spinning reel, you know, spinning rig, you know, basically like a a, a pen, you know, a spin fisher, 6,500, and like 30-pound braid, you know, which is just amazing because, 
a fish like that, I mean, it was as big as his kayak, you know. The thing, is, so I'm in the front of the bait boat for like hours, you know, waiting to get a shot of this thing, waiting to get a shot of this thing, you know, waiting for it to come up, and you know, it's not coming up, it's not coming up. So the one time I turn around to grab a bottle of water, all of a sudden here, there it goes, oh my god, and it jumps out of the water, and uh, it sounds like somebody dropped a like a VW bus out of a. C-130 airplane flying over and when that thing hit the water. I mean, it was just like the, the sickest thing I've ever seen you know, or heard. Or You know, I turned around and got to see, like, you know, the back end of the splash. You know, it was pretty flipping awesome. But uh, I got to hand it to Matt, man, uh, hanging in there for that long. Just He just would not give up on this fish, man. And it literally towed him past Freeport, which I forget the name of the town that we were in. But it was pretty far away. We were out in, you know, 3,000 feet of water. Uh, Captain Luther, and uh, who was the captain of the boat that we were on, could see humpback whales in the distance. Okay. Um, I mean, it was just it was it was the sickest thing that you've ever seen or heard. You know, I mean, I was just I was just in awe of the whole thing. And finally, you know, he was just running out of gas, running out of gas, and we were, like, you know, giving him encouragement the whole time. We were like, dude, you know, Joe just uh, checked with IGFA, and they said that this is, like, you know, the biggest marlin that anybody's ever caught on a kayak, you know, and it, like, energized him, man, and he's getting back up, and he's, you know, it was like, it was like hitting the, the boost switch on him, you know, it was awesome. So, uh, and eventually it just, you know, got to the point, and the, all of a sudden you heard a, and got a, got it up, and he can see it, and the captain's like, oh, my God, man, you know, this is like, I'm like, well, what's the biggest marlin that you would get off of this boat? And he said, oh, you know, 200, 250 pounds, you know, and he says that thing was every bit of 500 pounds, which, you know, wow. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, that's like, that's gigantic. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. I've uh, I've 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 only seen a live blue marlin in the water once. Uh, I've never personally caught one, and the one that I saw, we were out tuna fishing on a on a big on the yellowfin, and uh, I, I it was probably a four or five hundred pound fish when I saw, and I can't imagine. A just hooking something like that from a kayak, but but doing it with spinning gear and hanging in there for eleven hours. Just, it just yeah, he just wouldn't he wouldn't stop. We would be like, dude, you know, you want to you want to like you know, it's okay if you if you don't get it, man. I mean, you know, it's it's cool. And he's like, ten more minutes. And I mean, he he was like at the point he couldn't even hardly like raise the rod up anymore, man, seriously. I mean, literally, it was like, you know, what you could see in a movie, like if you were in, like, a, watching a gladiator movie or something, you know. And it was the old man of the sea. Yeah, old the man of the sea, exactly. What's crazy like is if the, you, if, try, try and fish anywhere, in the river, you know, in a pond, off the beach, and try and fish and, and, and steadily put pressure on a rod or, consistently catch fish or try and do something like that for just 11 hours. Forget about hooking a 500 pound fish. Just try and hold a rod for 11 hours. 
I can't even. I mean, yeah, really. that dude. Listen, I'm telling you, and and I'm going to be shocked if IGFA doesn't do something to kind of uh, immortalize this 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 particular event because you know, not taking anything away from what the guys do over in Hawaii or over in California, down in Baja. It's a 500 pound freaking fish, dude. <laughs> It was eleven yeah, hours on a on a spinning rod. Like it, that, it, it's not even supposed to happen. That's the thing about it is like when, when I heard it was on a spinning rod, I was like, "What? <laughs> really?" Because I, I'm I know vouching for that man. I'm telling you right now, that's, that's yeah. It. It, I mean, it, everything's a hundred percent accurate what you heard, man. And he's doing this. Uh, I mean. He he saw the fish and he said it was wider than his. He was in an outback, and uh, it was oh, it was wider than the outback, man. I mean, I, I just can't even imagine that. You know, like you're looking down and the fish that you're hooked with is bigger than your kayak. <laughs> I think what's awesome, wrong with that? Didn't you tell me, Rob? Didn't you tell me he got a leader touch? Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, and that and that to me. Forget it, dude. Like, well, every I don't time, think that every time that he he would it would take him about an hour to get all his line back, right? Because it it just about spooled him. And he had like I don't know. I think he said like 450 yards worth of you know braid on the on the spool, and you know 30 pound braid, and you know when that thing it just went whenever wherever it wanted to go, it would just went. Would just the spool would just evaporate like immediately. It would just there it goes. And uh, by the time he would gain all that line back, and and then the you know we'd go okay, well he's got all that line back. Um, you know he'd say you know I got I just about got it all back except for about forty yards. We would we would like pull up in the boat, and and it would scare the crap out of the fish, and the fish would all of a sudden die. You know, and then there goes the spool. You know, and it would take him another hour to gain all that stuff back. You know, and you know how it is with that. So, you know, I mean, I don't know anything about offshore fishing. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm in all of it now. But uh, I mean, it, it's pretty, totally different game than inshore for sure. But uh, yeah, it was uh, just the, you know, the way he was working the fish was exactly how you would have to do it. You know, just like little short pumps and just kind of, you know, work it a little bit at a time and and. That was how he did it, you know. I was every time that thing went on a run, though. I was just like waiting for that spool to catch on fire, man. Literally, I mean, I was just like, man, I don't know what's going to go first here—the rod, the reel, or the line, you know. <laughs> and then finally, I—I I don't know if he was just tired of it or he was just—he just wanted it over with either way, and I and you know, just like putting too much heat on it and. And when the line broke, it sounded like a you know like a firecracker going off. You know, it's about the only way I can think to describe it. You know, it's pretty neat. Uh, it was, I don't it was, even it know. was heartbreaking. I mean, I was just like, man. And well, when we came heart- back in, everybody everybody was in the whole tournament was waiting by the dock, and I think that was the coolest thing in the world because it was dark. It was you know right in the middle of the you know the raffle and the, you know, awards banquet and all that stuff, and everybody got up, went to the marina, and 
hooted and hollered and sounded like a football game when you came around the corner, man. It was that, that was it's just like so cool. Very classy, very classy. I just, I just, yeah, I just can't wrap my head around not not only the length of the fight, but doing it on spinning gear. <laughs> it just blows my mind. Um, I, I really, I really hope that Penn uh, or just pure fishing in general gets a hold of Matt and and sends him a whole lot of gear because they, uh, yeah. I think that, I think that he pretty much just sold, uh, everybody on pen spinning reels. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, that it's an amazing feat. I, I got to tell you, um, I'm just still in awe of it. And, and everybody that was out there, I mean, everybody that was out there to witness the whole thing, you know, Derek Burgos was out there. Esquad Gutierrez was out there. Um, you know, it, we're, I was just amazed at the heart and soul of the guy, you know, for hanging in there for that long. But I know I wouldn't have. I, I would have been after, I mean, I would have been done the first hour. I would have been like, hey, dude, you know, this was fun. See you later. You know, I'm tired now. We got to work on, <laughs> uh, we got to work on trying to find somebody to give, uh, to hook Matt up with a, with a mount. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. That's what we need to do. We need to find we need to figure out find one of these uh fish mount companies that can do a uh you know rough roughly five hundred pounds. I hope he's got a Marlin. I hope he's got a wall that's big enough in his house for it, you know. <laughs> Dude. I, I put it on put it on the front of the house. Put it on the the, the side of the house. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Listen, I just you know Things like that, it's stories like that that really, really, I think it, it's one of those, that's what I, I said it, I think I said it on Facebook. I, I really, really feel like Joe has uh, really helped to bring big game kayak fishing really to the focus, the, fo- the forefront focus of uh of this industry right now. Um, I know the guys in Hawaii and again, California, Baja, whatever, they've been doing it for years, but to, but to, but to do it in such a way that like these tournaments that he puts on and, and, and have these stories come back from an epic trip over the Bahamas. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of disappointed in myself. I didn't have him here on the show tonight, but uh, kudos to him and his whole crew because what what he has accomplished in a very short amount of time with his tournament series is nothing short of extraordinary. And, uh, you know, what the buzz that's now just going crazy around social media about this event has got all of us, all of us, like, drawn in. We were, like, waiting. I was, I was checking my, my, uh, my Facebook page all day long during the uh, IFA weigh-in, waiting to see if there was any information coming out about you know, who placed, who did this, who did that, whatever. Um, it, it's just, it's captivating, you know, because it's, it's the unknown, like you guys said earlier. You don't know if you're going to drop a goggle eye off the back of a kayak over there and, and hook a marlin, hook a, a sailfish, a yellowfin, a, a giant 100-pound wahoo, because they're over there. So, you know, it's, it, it's man, that's just such a cool, cool experience. And, and I Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure you. that's something that you'll never forget. Is is just being able to witness that whole thing. 
It, it is, I'm telling you. And, you know, I mean, before, previous to this, I, I really didn't get the offshore game, you know. I didn't really get that, you know. I didn't, I mean, I don't really understand it, you know, because we don't have an offshore game over here. You know, we got to go, we got to go 20 miles out to get to, you know, 80 feet. So, um, you know, I, I guess I don't really get it. But, you know, to be able to paddle out, you know, a couple of hundred yards and you're at the continental shelf, and literally I saw this on, on the depth finder, man, you know, 50 feet, 75 feet, and then, you know, 700 feet, just like that. I mean, literally within five yards, ten yards, you know. it was. It's just, yeah. and, and these guys are so passionate about it, man. It's just so cool to see that because they're, like, into it, man. Especially Joe Hector, man. I mean, that guy. Nobody likes that stuff. You know, takes that stuff more than that guy. You know, and yeah. his whole crew was just—they were so passionate about it. You know, making it happen, making everything happen. It was—it was great. Really cool to see. Well, well, man. You know, it's—it's it's, like I said, it's—it's it's just an extraordinary event. We knew it was going to be. Uh, those of us that wanted to go and just couldn't make it happen, we—we—we we, we were bummed watching you guys pack up all your stuff and get ready to go. We're excited for you at the same time. Very envious. And uh, I know, speaking for myself, I know we heard Pepe say it earlier, uh, I'm probably going to be third or fourth in line to pay my entry fee for next year behind Mixon because, uh, I, 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 yeah, I'm not going to miss it next year. There's no way. Just, just for the pure opportunity to maybe witness something like that uh, or, or watch, you know, someone like Brian put it down and just own it again and, you know, that's that's pretty awesome. But uh, we're at the top of our hour. Um, we could probably talk about this all night long, but I think what we'll do is maybe we'll break this up over the course of the next couple of weeks. We'll talk with, with uh, Chris again here shortly, um, you know, maybe next week or something about the IFA and his plans going forward as far as other tournaments that he might now want to fish since he's probably been bitten pretty hard by the bug. And... Uh, and that kind of thing. But real quick, I'm going to give you guys all an opportunity to uh, plug those who, who supported you. Brian, I know you had a, a, a bit of a bit of help getting over there. So uh, not only not only does, is Brian probably, without a doubt, one of the the best offshore kayak anglers on the eastern seaboard of the United States, and it's proofs in the pudding. Just go to his Facebook page and follow the guy. I mean, he, he catches fish when no one else does, and catches crap loads of them. It's retarded. Um, but he also runs and uh, he's the owner operator of Cushion Water Kayak Charters. So if you want to learn how to fish that offshore game and go out and catch black fins or sail fishing. And by the way, real quick, uh, we were talking about this the other day. How many, how many sailfish have you caught from a, a kayak, Brian? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe 20. <laughs> <laughs> I don't what a feeling to say, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know, maybe twenty. <laughs> For those of us who have never caught a sailfish from a kayak, <laughs> it's on our top of our bucket list. We all envy you, brother. <laughs> and the fact that you don't even keep track of how many sailfish you've caught from a kayak is pretty awesome. I would venture to say yeah. that you probably, I mean, as far as I'm, as far as I know, you probably what. The, the top billfish fisherman out of a kayak on the eastern seaboard. I don't know about that, but I'll uh, take it, I guess. There's no doubt about it. I don't think there's anybody in the continental United States that have caught as many billfish as, as Nelly has. I, I don't think there's anybody that's come, that comes close. Yeah. 
20 maybe. <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> Next up for Brian. I agree in the Continental USA. I, I, I have to, hands down. You have to be, I mean, the top top guy. The only thing, the the other guy is that guy in Hawaii. That that's the only other guy that I see over there in Hawaii. That guy John John or something like that. Yeah. That guy in Hawaii, he does he does well too. But that's you know he fishes a whole completely different type of water over there. I think. Yeah, that's a different they animal. Got, You're talking about like yeah, the that's a animal over, over there. there. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So if you guys want to go out and uh, and fish with Brian, he, he like I say, he owns and operates Push and Water uh, Kayak Charters. He's got his Facebook page there, and uh, check him out and give him a shout. I mean, he's definitely a wealth of knowledge, as he's proven time and time again. And keep on laying down the uh, the gauntlet for folks to try and come after him and take some titles from him. So, but go ahead, man. Take some time and and thank those who who helped you out. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to thank uh, Victory Lures for sure. They helped me get over there this year. Uh, you know, if you're looking to do some jigging and catch some blackfin tuning, they make some great lures to do that. Also, Navionics, Hobie, Adventure Times Kayaks, they've been nothing but good to me. Uh, Eagle Claw and Trocar Hooks helped me keep those fish on and get them into the boat. Also, Ingle Coolers, keep your fish cold, especially those tuna. Don't want to get them warm out there in the hot sun. I appreciate it, guys. It was a blast talking to you. It was a great event. No, I appreciate you taking the time out, man. I know you're exhausted. And uh, thanks again for calling us. And feel free, man, anytime, whenever you want to give us a shout and promote uh, your kayak business. And then, uh, you know, just talk fishing. We'd love to hear from you, bro. For sure. Yeah, you can check me out also on my website, uh, tckayakfishing.com or pushingwaterkayakcharters.com. Very cool. Thanks again, Brian. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah, you guys have a good one. Awesome. You too, bro. Take care, Brian. And then, yeah, Brian. Congrats again, Brian. And then from Brian, we'll go over to uh, to uh, Uno Moss, Mr. Mixon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I, I, I want to tell you there is a reason that uh, the top three, uh, number one, number two, and number three, uh, Brian Nelly, Donnie Miley, and myself, uh, are all fishing out of Hobie kayaks. Um, if you want to be able to uh, concentrate on the fish and not have to worry about anything else, you've got to do it in a Hobie kayak. Um, also, uh, Shimano uh, Fishing Gear is a new sponsor for us this year, um, whether it's inshore or offshore. Um, you know, Shimano makes everything from automobile transmissions to high-speed racing bikes to the best fishing reels on the planet, um, some of the best equipment that you can possibly buy. I want to remind everybody, uh, and Chuck, yourself, we have uh, an offshore seminar that we're going to do at KVB Outfitters um, yes, towards do. the end of May, um, and that's just a couple of weeks before uh, Joe Hector's Extreme Kayak uh, Summer Slam, uh, the first tournament. So anybody that um, is getting pumped up about the offshore scene and want to uh, want to get involved, um, that's going to be the first tournament. Um, it's in I think it's the third week of June, and we're going to be doing that offshore. Um, uh, fishing seminar at KBB Outfitters just a couple of weeks before that, so that um, anybody who thinks they're not ready to uh, to do it, um, I'm going to be there. I know you're going to be talking about some offshore stuff as well, Chuck. Uh, we'll yep. get you prepared, so um, you know, get ready to um, uh, to go down there and uh, and show them what the uh, Space Coast guys can do down there in South Florida. There you go. Appreciate it. And uh, and uh, you're you're still guiding as well, correct? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Kayak Fishing Bureau, um, I I focus mostly mostly just on the inshore stuff, of course, because um, as far as the offshore game, man, there's no competing with Brian Nelly. So uh, 
He's the man. But um, if you want to come down here and check out what uh, Vero Beach and Fort Pierce have to offer, um, you can find me on Kai Fishing Vero. Fantastic. Ben, I appreciate you calling, brother. Congratulations on taking third and uh, having Congrats, a great trip man. there and back. Yeah, there's absolutely yeah, congratulations. No, there's, there's no reason not to go. There was no there was no reason not to go. Everything that we discovered was positive on this trip. So um, there's nothing that uh, you know that, that should keep anybody from holding back the next time they do this trip. Just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, like I say, I'll, I'll be definitely standing in line to try and pay my spot. And then uh, from from competition from a competition standpoint, let's go run right over to Chris Flores. The, uh, the the newly crowned uh, IFA champion for uh, Titusville. No thanks, buddy. Um, I I don't I don't have that a, a whole you know list of people to thank just because I'm I'm somewhat new. But <laughs> um, <laughs> first, I do want to thank I, I do want to thank um, uh, Slayer Inc. A lure company, uh, American made it right out of Jacksonville. Got uh, a great product. Um, Banks Lures uh, by Captain Rick Banks puts out an amazing lure as well. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, 13 Fishing Company, uh, of course, IFA, uh, Hobie, uh, and I agree with Andrew. If, if, if you want to concentrate on fishing, not have to worry about everything else in the world, um, you got to be in a Hobie. It's just, it's just the only way to be. Um, KBB uh, Outfitters, um, Kayaks by Bo, Tom and Lynn, um, thank you, everybody. It, it was a lot of fun, and I'm just happy to be there. I was with uh, uh, a, a lot of my uh, good friends and, and met some new ones, and so um, it, I had a blast. And, uh, I, I may add that you were, you were extremely humble, uh, and that's one thing that kept being brought up to me after, we le- after you left was I can't believe how humble he was because you kept thanking everybody and thanking everybody and you know made sure you got everybody's name. So uh, keep, keep that about you, brother, because uh, you know, that I, goes I a long way. That. Thank you, man. I, I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I just, I mean, the, the truth is, it's, um, it, it was a lot of fun, and, uh, but I, I did have a lot of, you know, help and guidance along the way. And, uh, you know, I, I am extremely helpful for, uh, for the things I've learned along the way. Just, you know, being out in the waters with uh, you and, and Pepe and Alan and uh, Alex and, you know, learning from the best. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Cool. All right, brother. Well, uh, take care. Tell Melissa, said hello, and I uh, hope you're enjoying uh was winnings, brother. He did well. And then uh, oh, thanks, over man. to Rob yeah. before. Rob, you still with us? Rob. Yeah. So. Giving giving you a moment to uh, to plug uh, anything you want to plug, man. You're working on like 500 different projects at once, so go ahead and name a few. We would like to, we would like to thank. Yeah, I'm not going to see the light of day till like June 1st. Let's do it. Um, uh, no, um, uh, just you know, my main sponsor is uh, is Columbia, and uh, I, I, you know, apparel, and I appreciate being able to be protected out in the sun because uh, Lord knows I saw a lot of sunburns over the weekend. Um, so always protect yourself from that nasty thing called the sun. That would be my my yaktastic uh, advice for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all you got? Yeah. Aren't you getting ready to go down to uh, to see 
the yeah, film tour? That is right. Absolutely. I totally forgot about that. Thank you for the reminder. Um, no problem. Sorry, lack of sleep does things strange things to a man's brain at times. Um, yes, uh, this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 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 uh, no, Saturday is the Real Paddling Film Festival's arrival in Fort Myers, which is, so far, the only Florida date on the Real Paddling Film Festival world tour. So, if you would like to participate, uh, please check out the Southwest Kayak Anglers, Southwest Florida Kayak Anglers page, S-W-K-K-A-A something. I, I'm sorry. I'm really out there. Again, <laughs> lack of, it's better it's than cool, drugs, man. trust me. Um, it's but cool, uh, anyway, yes, there, there are details there. It is Fort Myers Beach, and uh, you can uh, go there and see all of your favorite films, uh, paddling films of the year. And uh, yours truly has two in there. You can see uh, Everyday Push and uh, Bass on the Road. And uh, I believe it's either five or ten dollars to get back in. I know I'm just a wealth of information today. That's I'm all right, brother. Hooray. Completely understand, but, uh, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was I wasn't better prepared, but uh, there's been a lot going on in the last 24 to 36 hours, so uh, I'm a little bit on the fried side. But uh, I promise I'll be a little bit better prepared next time. No problem. But it's this week, uh, it is Saturday, is the Real Paddling Film Festival. There's also a 24-hour fishing tournament, kayak fishing tournament, and it is the Southwest Kayak Anglers Association uh, Kayak Fishing Festival down there. So there will be plenty of uh, um, vendors and all sorts of goodies down there. So uh, check out the uh, Southwest Kayak Anglers Association uh, Facebook page, uh, Heroes on the Water event. Don't forget that. That's always an important thing. And uh, it's a great event. Come on down. A lot of fun. And then i got to turn around and come back Saturday night and uh, uh, film a celebrity fishing tournament right here in St. Petersburg. Nice. So, yeah, again, I won't see the line. I won't see. It's been nice knowing you guys. I won't see anybody till at least you know, gym or so. And then it'll be time to go film Bass on the Road too. So Very cool. I hope to have some some sort of social life sometime in the near future that I just don't see happening. Yeah, you know that comes with the territory I guess. Yes. Good job, buddy. That's okay. All right. And hey Chris Flores, thank you uh for for uh, for helping me out, bro, and uh, congratulations oh, yeah, on your Thank you, I really appreciate it, man. And uh, I know you did a really good job out there, so uh, I know everybody's looking forward to seeing what uh, what you got out there. So um, good job handling that. Thank you, man. Uh, give me a couple of weeks, and it'll it'll be out. See how that works. Nice. See how see see how this this little community of kayak fishing kayak fishermen work. See that? So, so Chris was was my Padawa. He was my little grasshopper, <laughs> if you will, in fishing. And he and then he turned around and returned the favor by showing Rob a few things about 
camera work and such. And see, yeah. it's a big circle. Chris is my mentor. Chris is my hey, mentor. there's no room in, the, in this industry for giant egos and inflated this and that and the other. Everyone just needs to help each other out. Awesome. Exactly. Happy. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Peppy, still there? Yeah, I'm still here. All right, brother. Oh, yeah, man. I'm letting you guys uh, do your thing. Peppy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why don't you go ahead and uh, roll out the red carpet for your uh, for your supporters, and then uh, I'll hit mine, and then we'll get out of here for the night. We'll see everybody back next week. Yeah, I'll hit up my... Uh... Um, my people I'd like to thank first and foremost I want to thank one of my sponsors and also one of the show sponsors um, it's Powerful Shallow Water Anchors I want to I want to really thank them um, they they are so far they're my newest sponsor and they are let me tell you it's been phenomenal with those guys I mean wasn't no expecting meeting meeting a rep this weekend from Powerful I mean I cannot believe the customer service that, that guy was giving out there. I mean, amazing stuff from those guys. Um, but first and foremost, I want to thank them. Um, also, Native Watercraft, um, Aquabound Paddles, Sea Deck Marine, Harry Goods, Slayer Ink Lures, Hook One, Yak Attack, Ram Mounts, Tackle Webs, Kayaks by Bo, and uh, KBB Outfitters. And I think I got them all. I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> good job, brother. Good job. Uh, and then, uh, of course, for me, I want to thank uh, Hobie Kayaks. Um, you know, those guys take great care of me. And, and uh, again, PowerPole, uh, I'm probably the newest member on board that group. And uh, as Feppy said, the customer service is the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever witnessed. Um, somebody somebody who we, we all know and love had an issue with, with, with his PowerPole unit, his micro. And uh, I believe he got that handled in what? an hour <laughs> yeah so so yeah so uh you know is it an investment sure it's an investment so is a bottom finder if you fish deep water so uh it's definitely something that will change the way you fish shallow water uh, i've just put mine i've just installed mine on the back of my hobie pa14 and uh i'm biting at the bit to get out there and and play with it more so than just aerating the lawn behind kayaks by bow so uh you know Check them out if uh, if you're if you're interested. Uh, we're still running a special there at Kayaks by Bow. We're offering 10% off the unit and a free spike. So if you're interested in purchasing one, that's uh, what's well over a hundred dollar value. So take advantage of that while that lasts. And then uh, thank you very much to RCI well, the spike, Optics. The spike what? alone, uh, Chuck. The spike alone is a hundred dollars. Ninety. Yeah. Five dollars for the spike alone, something like that. Yeah, there you go. So, well over a hundred dollars in value, yeah. folks. So, um, want to thank RCI Optics, the maker of argue, arguably one of the best uh, sunglasses that I've ever worn. Um, those guys are awesome. Again, customer service is, is something that I, I pride myself on at my store. You can uh, you can feel confident knowing when you buy a pair of RCIs that they are backed by some pretty awesome guys. If you have an issue with those glasses, they do their best to take care of you. Right the first time. Uh, Tackle Webs, Real Adrenaline Energy Drinks. Thank you for keeping me awake tonight. Uh, Ego Nets, E&O, uh, Adventurous Custom Fishing Rods. Durwood is the man. Um, Yak Gear Railblazer, 
uh, Slayer Ink Lures and Bedding Branches Paddles, of course, Kayaks by Bow and KVV Outfitters. And uh, with that being said, congratulations once again to uh, to Brian for uh, winning the, I guess, the inaugural Battle in the Bahamas, winning the championship ring, walking away with a fat check and a bunch of goodies. Uh, our good friend here, Andrew Mixon, I've taken third place. Appreciate you joining us tonight, buddy. It's always good to hear from you. Looking forward to our seminar the end of the month. And then, of course, Chris Flores owning it in Titusville. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. And with that being That's said, awesome. folks, listen. With that, be- <laughs> yeah. yeah. With that being said, take your kids fishing. They're the future of our sport. And uh, introduce your neighbors to kayaking. Even if you don't like them, introduce them to kayaking. Put them in <laughs> something that you know might sink. But uh, no, just kidding. Um, yeah, take them out. Take them out there. Put them in a kayak. Let them experience it. Have them go to a demo day. Check with your local kayak shop. They should all offer demo days if they're worth their weight in salt. Um, they should have a, a pretty extensive uh, kayak fleet too for you to choose from. And uh, as always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns regarding the show or otherwise, feel free to contact me or Peppy on Facebook. And you can always find me at redfishchuck at hotmail.com or uh, there at the shop, KBB Outfitters. And with that being said, everybody, have a great night. Um, be safe this week. Our prayers and our thoughts and prayers go out to those that are affected by the storms in Arkansas and over there in the uh, that Tornado Alley area. Those guys got pelted last night, and I think they're about to get some more of it here shortly. So um, thoughts and prayers with you guys. But with that being said, we'll uh, see you next week. See you. Night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.